from ZVBX RPL. You're listening to Surprise. You're on my podcast. I'm your host, Parker Kelly. And tonight's... Let me start that over. No, you know what? I'm not going to start that over because that was close to perfect. And even though I made a mistake there, that's okay. Because people make mistakes. Speaking of people who make mistakes, my next guest is a very good friend of mine. Very talented musician. uh, Avid watcher of Jeopardy. And goes to bed every night at 8.30 p.m. sharp. And with that description, you'd probably guess that he's like a 90-year-old man, but he's actually not a 90-year-old man. He's actually, I don't know uh, how old he is, so I guess we'll find out now. Let's give him a call. Hey. How old are you? Uh, who's asking? Me. For what purpose? For my introduction, I was like describing you, and then I'm like, oh, I don't know how how old he is. Hello. Uh, yeah. Uh, thirty-three, I think. Thirty-three. Yeah, thirty-three. I did. I did not know you were that old. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks. I I assumed you were uh in in your later twenties. Nope. I turned thirty-four in October. On Halloween. One week before Halloween. Oh, okay. To be precise. My yeah. sister and my nephew uh have Halloween birthdays. On Halloween. Yeah. On on Halloween. Halloween proper, as they say. Yeah, because in, in my introduction, I was like saying things I know about you. I was like, my next guest is uh, my friend Austin, who is a very talented musician, watches Jeopardy, and goes to bed <laughs> every night at 8 p.m. Uh, so he's... Yeah, and, and you found out the reason that is, is because I'm ancient. Yeah, I was just like, I'm like, with that description, you probably guess that he's 90 years old, but he's actually not. He's yeah. And then I caught myself, I'm like, I actually don't know how old he is. So, if you oh, haven't guessed right. already, you're you're on my podcast, by the way. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But just yeah, just making sure you 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 knew that. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I know yeah, it's I, I know it's a Saturday night, but I just figured that you didn't have plans. Well, Jeopardy, Jeopardy isn't on tonight, so. Oh, uh, it's it's not. I don't know. It, well, it's, it's reruns on. on oh the okay. I don't know yeah. what the what the Jeopardy schedule is. What what is it usually? It's usually well, it's new episodes Monday through Friday. Oh, okay. Uh, this last week was the Tournament of Champions. The Tournament of Champions just ended. Who won? Uh, some guy named Sam. Yeah, I don't think I watched his initial run because I only got rabbit ears kind of recently. Rabbit ears? Uh, yeah, rabbit ears. Um, Hammer down. I don't, I don't think I know this reference. You don't know this? It's, a, it's, it's from a team. It's like, I think from They Might Be Giants' first album. Hammer down. Oh, rabbit ears. Yeah, I'd, I'd recommend it. It's pretty yeah, good. Yeah, I've heard their stuff. I, I like it. You either like them or you don't kind of thing. And if you don't like them, it's it's hard to force yourself. Or, like, it's it's one of those bands that, like, grow on you. Like, But once you do like them and actually like them, uh-huh. you usually, like, stick with them, you know? Yeah. Sure. I wish I had more to say about it so I could show off my, <laughs> my music knowledge. Because <laughs> I, I think Colin would actually, like... Our mutual friend Colin Buffum would really like them, but I don't know. I guess I mean I think he's listened to them a little bit, but he kind of makes fun of them sometimes, which kind of hurts my feelings because I'm like, Colin, this is a great band, and it like because he likes uh floating heads, no talking heads. I don't know that. I don't. Oh, talking. Heads. That's what I meant to yeah. say. Talking. I don't. I don't see. I don't know. You yeah. know, talking heads. They're kind of um, like weird and iconic. I I'm just saying. Yeah, I wish some people. Era. 
Yeah. It's a different era. I, I think maybe they might be giants are like a little too temporary for him. I mean, I know that they started in like the 80s, but they didn't really become known until like the 2000s, right? Or like the 90s and 2000s, I'd probably say. Like, because their album that like kind of got like a, the the album flood is kind of the one that a lot of people uh-huh. say like oh yeah listen to flood because this is like but true the one that got them famous? i don't because i mean flood was kind of the one where it's just like oh yeah this is like a solid album i mean all i mean i can i can argue most if not all their all albums are pretty solid but like that's the one that has um birdhouse in your soul which is probably like their biggest hit next to uh like istanbul and some of those kind of type songs i don't know it's it's hard to say i have to i have to go back and look but like the, the i which, don't know which album is dr worm on the same band right yeah 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 let me check dr worm severe tire damage which uh, was released in 98 so yeah, see, i feel like that is the album that kind of put them on people's radar because i remember that song coming yeah out. but hey I'm not the expert. That's you. I mean, neither am I. Like, I'm I'm a huge fan, but I wouldn't say I'm an expert either. Like, I I grew up listening to them. I think the first new album that I remember them doing was like I think Mink Car, which was early kind of two thousands. But I feel like they were they kind of already had like a a following by then. Like, I feel I don't know. I feel like most TBG fans. Yeah. And then yeah, or like that. right. And then Malcolm in the Middle, right? Yeah, and even like Malcolm like, in the Middle. Like that was... Yeah. When was that? Let's let's Google it. Malcolm in the Middle. Original release January of two thousand. So it's not just early two thousands, it's <laughs> the earliest wow. of two thousand. The earliest. It ran for seven seasons. Wow. What season of uh the X Files was year two thousand? Why are we why are we talking about X Files? So we're just we're just on the subject of early two thousands now? Well Is no, because that... Malcolm in the Middle played before the X Files. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay, there's eleven seasons of X Files. Original television series aired from September tenth, nineteen ninety three. So that was that was the year I yeah. was born. Okay, see that's what you don't remember. Yeah, but I I first watched like X Files I think in middle and high school because um I had neighbors who like had like all the seasons on DVD. I remember being intrigued and also terrified uh, by some episodes. Just being like, why are we binge watching this? Before like binge watching was a word, we just watched a bunch of episodes of X Files. I'm like, can we watch like The Simpsons now? I gotta cleanse my palate because <laughs> this is kind of making the my Simpsons brain grimy. But anyway, how how's your Saturday been? Been a productive day. I have been working on a few things through my day. Mm-hmm. I just finished watching. I'm watching season three of the X Files. I'm actually on season three of the X Files now. Okay, so nice. That was what I just finished. That kind of replaced my my Jeopardy session mm. for, the, for the night. Given that you're calling me at three o'clock in the morning, I mean, um, it's it's yeah. twelve. It's twelve a.m. where I am. Oh, I guess you are calling me pretty late. But it's only it's only um, nine thirty for you. So it's you've it's only a little bit past your bedtime. Yeah, but I'm like a hundred years old. So this, <laughs> is, this is a rough. Is a rough one for me. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So today I I have an idea for I'm always going between different ideas, but mm-hmm. I have a an idea for an album that is inspired by um, I, I don't know how familiar you are with the genre of grindcore. Grindcore. So grind, no. Grindcore is, is sort of like a offshoot of 
I'm, I'm just imagining the fact that people outside of this conversation will hear this. Um, so I, I should probably give a really good description. So there, there are three so. people who are listening to this right now. There's a third person. No, three. I mean, no, no. There's not a third. I'm just saying, like, not right now, but oh, in the context oh, of oh, like oh, when oh. this podcast is released. <laughs> cool. So, so here's what it says on Wikipedia: Grindcore is an extreme fusion genre of heavy metal and hardcore punk that originated in the mid-1980s, thrashcore, crust-punk, hardcore-punk, extreme-metal, and industrial. Okay, what's and what's your definition? I, I was going to say something very close to that, of course. Right. But I, I really like the idea of sort of... The, the, the songs are... are, are... Hello? Uh, I'm going to have to call you back. I can't hear you. Oh, no. Yeah, you got cut off at the songs are. <laughs> so were you talking that whole time? <laughs> Yeah, I'm still recording. Do you edit this podcast? Yes, I do, but I shouldn't. Okay. I think I I really should just release these raw because they'd be much more interesting that way. No, 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 no. no. You, you gotta, you gotta have the, you gotta have the polish. <laughs> um, so the songs are extremely short, which is funny that it that it hung up there. <laughs> right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the the songs are extremely short, and and they're they're they have a bunch of different sections that are. Uh, really complicated and really um, just complex and noisy and, and just kind of all this madness in sort of a really condensed form, right? And and that that idea of sort of a nugget of song yeah. has always been really interesting to me. Huh. So today, I think they might be giants actually did something like that, right? Oh they yeah, have, they, they did like jingles and stuff, right? Well, they they still do. Like I mean, they most of their songs are usually like two to three minutes long like they don't they usually like to keep them short but then like on the apollo 18 album for example they had a like an array of like 20 songs that were part of what they call fingertips have you heard about this i don't think so so fingertips was basically like 20 or something songs that were each like three seconds long or so like three to ten seconds or something and the idea was like they released that album around the time that like cd players had the shuffle option so their idea was like oh we'll just release this album and if people ever use the shuffle option they'll be like it'll be intermingled with our just like our three to five second songs in between each song or whatever but you know people didn't really use the shuffle option that much usually just like play through the album and so what fingertips became was just like one long like song that was just like a bunch of little songs or whatever that just like people kind of because they listened to the album over and over again all those songs like because because you know how you listen to an album and after one song ends you like know what song is going to come up next yeah like your brain's like already like ready for yeah, it yeah. yeah like so that's what, what like fingertips became and then i think after a few years their shows i think that they're like encores or i'm not sure but yeah they, they started like performing just like fingertips in its entirety mm. as like one song I'd, I'd recommend uh listening to that album just for the the fingertips experience but then but then even recently in a few of their albums they've released like 30 second kind of songs uh-huh. and a lot of them are like these could be longer you know if they wanted to but it's just interesting how there's like a bunch of songs which is like oh it's just this one's just 10 seconds or 30 seconds or whatever yeah so yeah. Gr- i mean grindcore is pretty i'd say most of the songs are like 20 to 30 seconds like yeah the, the grindcore, grindcore stuff is extremely short which is cool mm-hmm. um 
But yeah, so so been attracted to to that nuggets. Fingertips is a good way of describing it. I, I like. Yeah. That. I don't know if it's meant to be descriptive, but I, I feel like it evokes the the proper emotion. <laughs> could do you so have I any examples? Like, could could you give any examples, just like with with your voice, of what it might sound like? <laughs> I, I, I could give you a clip and you could put it in uh i guess i get. i mean is is it a any copyright yeah, infringement or or no no no. i can i can like send you a clip okay I, I, it won't be copyrighted because it'll just be what you made yeah oh okay yeah, yeah for yeah let's, let's uh, yeah some I can I can edit this out, but usually what happens is anytime someone says you can edit this out, I I just keep it in because it's funny. Yeah, but like if it's a long gap, I, I have to go. go I have to go. go sleep yeah, I mean I'll edit the silence out for sure, but I'm not editing this yeah, out. Okay. Oh yeah, you don't have to edit this out. Twenty minutes later. Just kidding. So as we wait for uh, Austin to return with some audio clips, I'm going to tell you uh, about today's sponsor. No, you already played the audio clip. Oh, I already played the audio clip at this point. Wow, that was amazing. Yeah, so what'd you think? Oh, that was so good. That it was kind of quiet, but like I think I got the the idea. Quiet. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you. Want, I can send you here. I'll I'll send you a version of the the clip right now, but I'll give you a better one for the actual uh, podcast if that's alright. Yeah, go ahead and yeah, just like you can you can email me later whatever clips, but yeah, just just play it over the phone because I don't want to like click anything uh, else right now. Yeah. yeah. Hello? Yeah, you know, I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, I'm going to need to do something a little more complicated to make this happen. So let's move on while I figure this out. So we want to keep talking as you're figuring it out? or Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I can multitask. I can multitask. You know know something that's been stuck in my head on and off the the past few days? No. The last song that we wrote together. Oh, Like that's like. Uh, What was the last song? (laughs) The, The sing songy one. I'm trying to remember what we called it. Where does this come from? Uh, I don't uh-huh. know. Where does this come from? I don't know. Nobody told me, or maybe they did, but I'm not sure if I... Yeah, that one. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to be honest, that's like the only one we've written so far that like I listen to or like repeatedly 10 or 20 times just because like i mean i i already like the sound of my own voice whether it's talking or singing to begin with but for some reason i was just like oh this feels good to listen to yeah i mean i think i think we're still kind of figuring out what makes sense yeah you know and i think i remember like you were doing that and i was like hey that's that this is cool and like approaching this from more of a uh like a we're gonna make some like songs and think about the song yeah and, and, uh, i don't know it's kind of hard to explain i guess but yeah yeah i mean uh, we're kind of working on that you know yeah we're, we're working through it where we're trying to get them uh get them figured out okay here i'm gonna play you the clip All right now So was that one song, or was that a, a, an array of different sounds or songs? That, that was one song. I couldn't hear it very well, yeah. but it sounded cool. Okay, cool. 
Maybe you should. Maybe you should actually send it to me because I I could only hear like it. It sounded like you were holding the phone like twenty feet away from the speaker, and it was also playing like on like Discord where it just cancels out sounds that aren't voices or something. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. The phone's just yeah, like, wait yeah. a minute, this isn't a human voice. I'm not gonna send this over the radio waves. Yeah. Uh, what? You don't wanna hear that. Even though I do, I I really yeah, do want to hear it. I'll send it to you on. Uh... <clears throat> Or, or Telegram. Or like redacted, you know. <laughs> I'll send it to you on. The previous statement has been removed. <laughs> this episode of missing. this podcast <laughs> is not brought to you by Telegram. <laughs> there, I sent it to you. Tell me one more joke, MP3. Okay, I'm going to listen to this starting okay. now. Just a slight headphone warning. This next part does get a little bit louder than the rest of the episode. So, three, two, one. Yeah, that's cool. And you're in to make more stuff like that? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm just kind of working on trying to make something with short songs. And you made that today? Yeah, I made that today. Oh, nice. It's it's not like fingertips, but it does remind me of like some other kind of TMBG sounds. There's a song called uh, Spy. Uh, it's like a, a normal song, but like near the end, it's just like kind of this weird improvised sound like similar yeah and, th- and i think they have other songs i can't remember them at the top of my head but yeah it's it's a cool genre for sure i mean it's not something that i'm listening to you know on the reg i mean that's, but i dig that's it kind of the thing that i run i run into uh, like i get this idea and then i'm like but you know like mm-hmm. is this something that i even want to like do anything with it might not be for anybody and that's okay <laughs> if it's only for you and you want to make it just go for it yeah for sure i just I guess I don't know if I'm gonna like give it to anybody. Yeah, you have this one thing, and you know, I'll, yeah. I'll try to send you a something a little bit nicer for the actual <laughs> podcast itself because that's not like mixed. No, no. Things. Look, I'll I'll play it. I'm already planning on playing whatever you send me. We're all about the uh, the avant garde kind of experimental stuff here at ZVBXRPL. What? Z ZVBXRPL. That's that's the name of the the podcast or the the radio station. I don't know. It's that's just that's just what the working title is. So ZVBXRPL is is a total conglomerate that hosts all the shows, and this program in particular is called Surprise. You're on my podcast because I surprise. Wait, well, I'm on a podcast right now. Yeah, I thought we established this. I'm sorry. Oh no! No. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so I wanted to ask you, like, is grindcore? Is that what what it is grindcore? Uh huh. Is grindcore consumed differently than other genres like you know like is is grindcore like okay i'm gonna listen to just like you know acdc and then maybe some musicals and now i'm in the mood for some grindcore i'm just gonna like listen to grindcore for a half hour while i do other things or is it like listened to differently is it like meditated Uh, to or i I think uh, i would say that it's listened to similarly it's kind of like when you're in the mood for like metal for instance mm-hmm. i mean because like the thing i sent you it's not really indicative to what grindcore you like grindcore is usually like 
guitars. It's more like punk, more like heavy. It's more like metal than it is sort of like you know noisy synth stuff like the yeah. Okay. You know. So yeah, definitely. And, and I feel like that's that's kind of the thing is that I feel like maybe what I've been working on is deviating a little bit mm-hmm. too much from kind of the context that people typically kind of consume. Mm-hmm. That type of stuff. But uh, I don't know. So, I guess the big difference will be like, do I release this as the Invisible Sundial, or do I release this as a uh, side project and release it on Mr. Doctor DJ Records? You know, Mr. Doctor DJ. Yeah, yeah, that's gonna be where that's gonna be my like you know catch-all for kind of whatever project. Uh-huh. It could it could be yeah. um, Sundial Delights or Sundial <laughs> Extra or, or something like m- minifigures uh, or what, what was the word? The invisible sunglasses, the the <laughs> yeah. pocket watch. Yeah, I, I remember one time we played a show, and basically we were playing. It was a bar show, and we had like three hours, and our normal set uh, is like a little over an hour. So we did our normal set, and then we took a break, and then we came back with mustaches on, mm-hmm. uh, and, and said that we were the visible watch, and that we were sort of like the evil version of the invisible sundial. Nice. And then we did an entirely uh, improvised set for the rest of the, the show. Oh, that's awesome. Uh, and that was great. That was, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> we got to be evil. My beard kind of got in the way of the mustache. Oh, uh, yeah. I could so see that. The mustache that. kept, like, you know, falling off. <laughs> but, uh, eh, it happens. What would have been crazy if you, like, went backstage and just completely shaved your heads. Yeah. And then yeah, we're like, we're, th- been... we're the skinhead sunglass dials. We're the, Ooh, we're the real evil <laughs> version and just go like all the way <laughs> with that joke. Too hard. Maybe too, too much. Hard. Maybe that's okay. Too I'm going to edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Great. Now I know that you won't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. It's, it's what, uh, right now I'm, it's, it's, it's up to editing Parker. We're, we're, uh, recording Parker right now. So, uh. We'll see what he decides later. And editing Parker has decided to keep it in, baby. I I, I have no say. Different needs. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like I like improvising stuff. Like I remember one of the last times I performed music was in college. I was in a a trio. It was me and then these two guys who were brothers. One was a very talented, is a very talented drummer, and the other one is a really talented jazz piano player. It's really funny because like we spent like a couple days or just like a lot of long like rehearsal hours like trying to come up with like cool beats and like riffs and stuff for me to rap to. Yeah. And like spending so much time on it and then when we finally like wrote a song and I memorized the lyrics and like that kind of thing and then we finally like performed it like a open mic kind of thing. We did like kind of an encore thing but since we didn't have like anything else prepared and since like they're jazz musicians <laughs> They just right. improvised something that was they like, down. yeah, and they just improvised it and it was amazing. And then I freestyled to it and like, not to say that like my freestyling is that great or anything, but I was just like, why were we spending so much time <laughs> trying yeah. to like yeah. fabricate something when we could just do this the whole time? It's not that hard. <laughs> yeah. Improvisation is interesting just in terms of sort of like, I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, a big fan of it for sure i think the recorded context and then like the live context 
mm-hmm. they they really function differently. Not to say that you can't have an album that is you know all improvised, mm-hmm. you know, but right. I, I do feel like the the two mediums lend themselves to different highlights of those things. Yeah, like I I, I think that the the improvisation that that we would do and that we have done is. I think part of it... Okay, I'm going to tell you a cool story that, okay. that that I like to tell. It's not really a cool story. I don't know why I said it was a cool story. It's not a cool story. I can edit out uh, that you said cool story if that if that makes you just, more comfortable. Just into the word cool, you know? Is, so I'm going to tell you a redacted story. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so one time uh, we were playing a, a show and things did not start out great we were just like all like we couldn't really hear each other and like we started really slow like we 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 started playing this song and and it was like the first song of the night we start you know the song is usually i think around like 90 bpm or so so pretty it's like not super fast but it's like a moderate pace yeah and then the drummer started the the opening with sort of like a keyboard part and we we played on top of it and it just it was like 30 bpm it just it felt like it was just such a slog Mm. and and we were so off and and so basically we we hyper we went hyper mode and just like fast forwarded through our our set did all the songs we were planning on doing in about 15 minutes okay it wasn't great (laughs) it was going very poorly uh, a lot of the audience uh, had left uh, oh, when we no. started, so like that was already kind of like a buzzkill. Yeah. Like, oh you know, man, that sucks. It, and and it was because the the band before us was a lot more popular. Mm-hmm. You know, like I mean, people don't. I mean, people don't care. Yeah. About us, you know, who are we? Right. So it, I mean, this is like this is like right when we were kind of starting out. Mm-hmm. Um, but we ended up being kind of the last last. <laughs> Yeah. I've been on the show. So we got to our last song, and I basically just decided to make the whole last portion of the song kind of a wall of noise thing. So I just started feeding back my guitar and kind of doing some pedal mm-hmm. pedal shenanigans and, and turning knobs and just making noise and running out into the crowd. I went outside, <laughs> you know, in the middle of the set and, and, and talked to the people who had left and been like, hey. <laughs> so you left the show, huh? Yeah, that's that's a flex, Thanks, well, dude. Uh, <laughs> uh, but in terms of sort of like the the improvising piece, like, yeah, sometimes things are just kind of like falling apart to the point where it's like it's not gonna function and not gonna run smoothly and not gonna be like what you wanted it to be. Yeah. So instead, you can kind of have fun and and you know just do whatever you want at yeah. that point. Yeah, no, that's that's awesome. I feel like yeah, that's kind of a fun thing, and yeah. that wouldn't work on an album, right? Because you would just be like, "What is this? What's happening?" <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely like I think the the reason I I shared that story was just like improvisation is something that even when like you're writing something, you know, can help you like get out of yourself and or just like be less precious about like what you're doing. You know what I mean? Yeah. For um, sure. which is like one reason why like. You know the last the last song that we did together that was all like mm-hmm. improvised not just because like i'm lazy and that's just like the easiest way to do it and like it would <laughs> would have taken me sure. forever to like write lyrics and that kind of thing but just like 
I don't I just feel like it turned out almost better than like if I did sit down almost and like write because like go, listening back to it there are definitely some parts where I'm just like oh I want to change this I want to put like a different lyric right. here that actually means something you know or just like sounds better Mm -hmm. but at the same time it's just like oh because i improvise like that foundation is kind of there for me to be like oh or or just like because i'm thinking about like like the haiku without the nature lyric i'm like just like a haiku without the nature at the time, I was like, oh, what am I doing? But then listening back to him, I'm like, oh, this is actually, like, a pretty good lyric, and I would never think to, like, keep that. Yeah. No, I I definitely think, I mean, that's basically the next step for that song, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. It is, and, and, I mean, I think we can go back and, and even, I mean, I guess that's the kind of the difference between being in, in person or not, right? Like, mm-hmm. if, if we were people who were in the same town, or not in a pandemic, like, <laughs> right. we'd be able to hang out with that song. Right, yeah. And, and like, hey, let's hang out and kind of work on this song. And yeah. Like you could write, uh, you know, and, and I mean, I, I guess that's the thing with improvisation is kind of having the energy of a, of a person mm-hmm. and, and that, that can be very helpful to kind of keep those those juices flowing and keep that the improvisational energy moving. Yeah. yeah, but I do spend a lot of time improvising on my own for, for writing for stuff mm-hmm. too uh, i do think it's a it's a good tool for kind of getting getting those those ideas that you wouldn't normally because you like especially if you're recording it like you you hear the idea because when you're playing it and if you're trying to write something you're like oh yeah i'm gonna get rid of that and it's just lost the time yeah right because it's like you're never gonna go back to it but if you have a recording it's like that exists and that is always there, and there's no real kind of, you know, revising it. Yeah. To it again. Yeah. And then kind of, like, you know, to take away from it and then transform it as you want into whatever the final product ends up being. And that's something I wish I got into more of, of, like, the recording aspect. Because, like, in high school, we recorded some songs that we did, like, like scratch records or whatever. Like scratch tracks. Yeah, like scratch yeah. tracks. And then we never, like, went back to, <laughs> to like, actually go through and thoroughly produce those but i don't know i mean i'm still glad that we did because it's just like it's there you know we i think and i'm not sure if we even do have because i think like we hired someone to record it and they like held on to the recordings i'm not sure if we ever got the hold of them or not but like i think we did get like one or two that were like somewhat produced even as like scratch demos or whatever and it's just like oh this is this is fun it's it's cool to hear ourselves like this yeah (laughs) You know, yeah, but. I mean, back in the day, I would just like I would just take a tape recorder, you know, just mm-hmm. like, a, like a handheld tape recorder, mm-hmm. and just put it in the middle of the room. Because I would play with Damon, who Damon is the drummer who, like, I usually play with, and he does drums for mm-hmm. all. Like, he's, he's my drummer. Like, he's the guy I've gone to forever for drumming and, and such. So we would get in a room and it would just be the two of us and we would throw the tape player in between us and uh, I would just record that. And I actually found one of those tapes when I was working on the most recent uh, The Invisible Sundial album mm-hmm. and I flipped the samples from from the tapes. I actually like sampled myself from you know, 20 years ago. Oh, or nice, yeah. Um, yeah, so, so the song uh, Old Tape no ghosts from one seed one crown mm-hmm. uh, has a little bit of that maybe you can plug in a little clip from that yeah right here 
sort of the most experimental of the ones that I've done. Mm-hmm. And I think with that in mind, I am going to... I, I do want my next project to be different from that, and I have a billion ideas as to what I want my next album to be like, and I, I, mm-hmm. kind of, I have too many ideas. Yeah, um, I get that. Like, I have like five prototype albums kind of in my mind. Mm-hmm. And then there's other side stuff, like, you know, I want to keep working on stuff with you and, and, you know, work on that, and then I have the Thousand Tapes, which, you know, the Choose Your Own Adventure yeah. kind of album that, that I want to do, which I need to finish up as well, hoping to mm-hmm. finish that by October, my goal with that. Um, that was your goal last year, too, right? To have it done by yeah, October. Well, yeah, well, yeah, once I didn't hit that, I, I kind of decided to put it on the back burner just so I could, um, yeah. you know, focus on other stuff, and then mm-hmm. once that... Uh, yeah, for I'm, sure. I'm pretty yeah. close to done with it. I just have to finish the script and then just plug in basically all of the dialogue and then plug the music into the, mm-hmm. the website itself. But yeah, on one seed, one crown, I, I'd say the most kind of <laughs> ambitious kind of thing that I did mm-hmm. was the song No Sour Guys. Music videos? Uh, 
five NPR video that we did mm-hmm. for the uh, the Tiny Desk contest. Oh right, yeah. Mm-hmm. I do want to do some more videos. I, I've been thinking about doing a release on VHS that would have a video component mm, to it. Nice. So, so it would be kind of like a video with sound kind of thing, and I've been experimenting with VHS. VHS mm-hmm. does some interesting stuff. Like if you kind of overdrive the signal, so there's some interesting kind of shenanigans that happen, both visually and auditorially. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've messed with that a little bit. Uh, I do want to get in the hang of, of streaming again now that the pandemic is kind of winding down. Yeah, I think I'll be able to to meet up with David at least to play to play some guitar and drum stuff. But also getting you know getting people to come to Twitch and and do a Twitch stream with me and, and do kind of an improvised set. Yeah, looking looking to do that in terms of a visual component. You know, I mean we were so like me and David were streaming pre-pandemic for about a year we were doing it every sunday for a while and then we moved to doing it just the first sunday of each month Hmm. we'll probably do something like that again once we sort of get back into to gear because we do have to you know play together and kind Mm -hmm. of (laughs) brush off the rust i mean i've been practicing and kind of getting ready but it's, it's a whole different story when you get together with with somebody you know yeah that's super cool. I want to, because you kept asking me if I was going to stream. And I was like, uh, yeah, I don't know. Sure. And I'm just you like, should. I, I should, should. I want to, but it's just like one of those things where I'm like, yeah, I'll get to this. But then it like never happens. You know what I mean? Um, I, I mean, streaming is the kind of thing where you have to just like have a schedule. Yeah. And treat it like an like, event you're going to do. Right. I've been thinking about doing like midnight, midweek at midnight. So just like Wednesday at midnight, basically. Just like script writings. That's that's basically that's like the whole idea. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> sure. I mean, why not? Yeah. I, I don't know how much of an audience. I mean, that's kind of the trick that we that we ran into. You know, like we didn't really know when people would be available. You because like you you had like a pretty decent following, watch. didn't you? You got like a pretty decent amount of followers each time. Uh, I mean, th- th- sure. Uh, that was like a decent like uh, on Sunday nights we would get sort of traffic from random people. I mean that and that that was the nice thing. Uh-huh. You know, is like yeah, you're reaching new people. You're reaching different people than you than you normally would, and you're reaching people from you know different places. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, people on on Twitch they stream for like five hours. And, yeah, <laughs> you know, and and it's kind of different when you're performing and kind of like. There's different levels. I mean, not to say that there isn't a level of performing and, and that kind of thing needed, but, mm-hmm. but uh, I feel like when you're, like, music has a different kind of stamina or required for it, I guess. Mm-hmm. Not to say, I mean, honestly, even, you know, even playing, like, a video game for <laughs> for five hours is pretty taxing on, on the mind. And yeah. The, uh, keeping that vibe going. Do you have a TikTok and, account yet uh, to stream on? No. I keep, I know I keep bringing this up, but like, no, <laughs> dude, every time I'm on TikTok, more and more people are streaming. Like they're, they're really pushing this stream thing. I guess maybe you'd have to make a few videos, but like, apparently like if you just release a video and then stream immediately after, like the algorithm helps you get like people to see it or whatever, apparently. So it's just like, yeah, or, or just like Reddit slash R pan or whatever has a lot of, yeah. uh, cool musician streamers too i wonder if i could do a stream on tiktok 
I think they're because they're they're like templates where it'll stream in like vertical format or whatever. I think that might be possible. I think there are people who've done it or do it. I think I don't know. I bet even with like the I don't know if I should say this on a on a public facing podcast. <laughs> what? Nothing. Never mind. Nothing. Never I can mind. I can edit it out or I can even stop recording if you want me to. <laughs> do you want me to well, pause the recording? Emulator? What? Emulating? Like, like, what? Video games illegally? What? No, like, you you can emulate, like, like an Android. So I bet. Oh, okay. Like, even if it isn't necessarily supported on the app, maybe you could get it to happen that way. Yeah. I think I've heard about that, too. But I I don't know. I'm always too, like, afraid to try. Not not for, like, legal reasons, but just because, like malware or whatever and I, it's just like kind of over my oh, head yeah, sure. i feel like i'm i'm getting to yeah. like the old man stage of technology whereas like all my other like friends are like programmers and like oh yeah it's super easy just do this and i'm just like how do i turn gmail on chrome oh whoops i downloaded my social security number to the <laughs> bank oh no i got accepted to phoenix online <laughs> university again Oh no, I owe Amazon $7,000 and I have to send it to them in cash in the mail. Oh man. Oh, I need to give them my social in order for them to reverse these charges? Oh, okay, I guess. What? I... pretty interesting scams. Like, yeah. I, I, I don't know if you've seen this one, but there's this uh, phishing email. Well, I guess it's not really phishing, but. Basically, it's it, it has your password in the subject line. Oh, and, really? And yeah. So, but so the funny thing is, it happened to me, but it was my friend's password, <laughs> and I had used my friend's password for something. Uh-huh. And I, I got the email, and it was like, I know that blank is your password. I have compromising video footage of you, and if you don't send me two thousand dollars to this bitcoin wallet then i'm gonna release it to your contacts it's a pretty compelling i mean it's not my password so i'm like i mean you don't even you don't get the right password i better you know, call my uh, friend though <laughs> well i did tell my friend about it because you know maybe so wait know, how does apparently the, how does that work how do they have your password yeah well i imagine that they get the password from sort of the same the same way that you would get any password from like a password list okay you know, like a like a like a password dump like a username password dump but you know with two-factor and stuff you know they get it's a lot harder to kind of get into accounts so it's just another way to to kind of get something out of somebody huh. you know it's smart do you see the um mark rober video about sending glitter bombs to scammers Oh, Mark Rober's like a, a YouTuber who like worked at NASA for a while and then he quit his job to just be a science YouTuber. And he, re- he releases like oh. one really well-polished video a month. And one of his videos that went like super viral is like sending glitter bomb packages to porch pirates or not like, I guess not sending them, but just like people who steal packages. And like he makes the package look like it's like a real product. But then as soon as you open it, just like glitter explodes everywhere. Uh-huh. He released like the original one and then he made like 
two more upgraded versions and release them like a year apart like around christmas time i think because that's when like most people are like ordering things online and things getting stolen and that kind of thing but because he like was kind of getting big and like making it more and more advanced or whatever like because they, they each have like a gps and like four phones that like are filming and then upload to the cloud even if like the people don't throw them away or whatever because like the, the other mechanic is like they'll open the box it'll shoot glitter and then it'll like have a recording of like what sounds like a police scanner it's like oh it looks like the package is in da, 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 location da, da, da. oh now it's in motion blah, blah blah and so they like and then it shoots fart spray so it incentivizes people to like get it out of their house so he can like pick it up and like download the footage or whatever but anyway he teamed up with like another youtuber who messes with scam callers and uh okay. reverse engineers stuff to figure out where they are and like and also like helps people who like are scammed or were scammed or in the process of getting scammed and that kind of thing and basically like they and he like breaks down like the most common way that like people get scammed and like how old people fall for it and that kind of thing pretty interesting yeah social engineering is a very interesting tool it's it's kind of something that you can't really totally work against yeah it's always Mm -hmm. gonna shift and it's always gonna get kind of stronger Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I feel mixed about that sort of like the harassment of people taking things off of porches just because I feel like if somebody is taking something off a porch that their situation is probably a certain way yeah <laughs> and and I, I don't really feel like much glee and in, in kind of making their life harder I guess yeah not to be like a, a curmudgeon no i i agree i mean that's Ah, yeah like some rich guy from nasa is like (laughs) showing not like you know yeah i not to get too radical on your on i know this is a renowned centrist podcast (laughs) you know i i know i can't make everyone happy for the uh joe biden uh (laughs) donald trump interview the three-way call where you get up moderated the call between the, the two of them that's this podcast right yeah well here's where you're wrong austin here's where you're <laughs> absolutely dead wrong about everything you just said uh no I, but like i i agree like i because like i can i can see why like on one hand because like the reason he made the first video or like did this project to begin with is just like i got a package stolen and then even though i had like footage on my security footage and taken to the cops and the cops said they couldn't really do anything about it and that made me upset, so I decided to, like... But see, that was his first mistake, was calling the cops. Right. I can understand why, like, you want to get, like, quote-unquote revenge on even... Not even, like, the same person right. who took your package, but just, like, on right. package thieves in general. But, you know, I, I... But on the other hand, I do understand, like, you know, there are people who are in certain situations where it's just, like... You know, you can either say they're like, oh, scum, how dare they, like, steal, and then not, there are people who are like, may or may not have to I do mean, that to survive. Right. It's interesting to me, and I can't believe that this is the direction that this, <laughs> this interview is going. But Look, I'm, I'm, do- I'm editing out every th- all the music stuff. This is, this is going to be, this is the only thing that's going to be ended up, end up ending up here. Um, <laughs> in less than a year, Right, because this is like December 2020. Earlier in the year, in May of 2020, George Floyd is murdered, and people start to think about sort of policing and, and this kind of stuff. Yeah. Right? 
And thinking about the context of, like, George Floyd had the cops called on him because he had a counterfeit bill, allegedly. Yeah. Or something like that. So it's like, okay, you know, like, that is not the way that things should go and the way that things should escalate. So sort of even just from step one of, like, I filmed this guy and I can't go to the cops to get him caught. It's like, what's going to happen to him? Right, you know, yeah, like yeah. That's kind of the direction. It's like, are you really going to put someone's life in danger over right. a $14 thing that you bought on Amazon? I mean, I don't know what it was. You know what I mean. Like, yeah. It's like, you could just buy another one. You can replace it. But right. someone who ends up, and, and not to say that every interaction is going to escalate in that way, mm-hmm. but enough interactions escalate that way that, like, right. why, why do that? Why put someone in that position to, to kind of risk their life basically because of property right you know it's just it's just an object it's not that important and and of course like i don't want stuff taken from my porch you know i don't want to lose stuff and i don't want to like i don't want to have things stolen from me mm-hmm. of course not but it's a whole thing like and a, catal- a catalytic converter stolen from from a van and you know i like drove that van to shows i would like gear around in it and mm-hmm. Yeah, a catalytic converter was stolen. Uh, I parked my car at the train station, and it it was gone. And I didn't call the cops. I didn't report it. It totaled my car. Oh, jeez. The catalytic converter wow. was so expensive to replace. I mean, it was an old van, you know, yeah. but it was just like I sold it. <laughs> like, yeah. I didn't replace it. I just sold it. But it, it, it's like, in my own mind, it's just like, like, what am I going to get out of out of a situation where I call the cops? You know, like, I'm not going to get the part back. Nothing's really going to be fixed, and there's really not going to be any real, quote-unquote, justice served. Right, like, yeah. Whoever took it, they needed it for something. Like, mm-hmm. they didn't just take it to get back. They didn't do it to get it to me. Maybe right. they did. Maybe it is someone getting revenge on me. I don't really know, right? But I think it's unlikely. Like, I think it's, I think it's more likely that it's someone who, who wanted to, you know, they took it to sell it to get money right. uh, to, to buy something or, or, or whatever. That's how I feel. Like, I, I, I wouldn't feel the need to, to really do anything to a person who, who would do something like that. Yeah, that makes sense. This has been so, Hot Takes sorry. with Austin Amberg. <laughs> <laughs> You can email him at the invisible sundial at gmail dot com for any. Yeah, that would that would work. I don't really does that does that work? Much, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was saying yeah, that as a bit, but I, I just I just doxed you. Yeah. To to totally doxing from my three followers. I think I, I I will actually log into that email right now. <laughs> Let's see if this is live, right? <laughs> yeah. This is this is a. Uh, Going going straight to Spoon.com and Clubhouse and Stereo, all the audio streaming apps right now. I'll have to listen to that recording <laughs> to hear what all those were. No, we, we, should, we should do this again, but on Stereo, because that way then then I don't have to edit it, like, at all. Have you used yeah, Stereo at all? Cool you can put in, no, I haven't, but it, it's cool that you can put in clips yeah. of stuff later, you know. Yeah, like, true. But then that I just it, it that just adds low. more work to to me is is what I'm saying, which is fine. Yeah, you know. Yeah, just, I mean, streaming yeah. streaming on on stereo would be fun. I guess the impromptu nature of this doesn't, you know, we can't really get prepped. I can't be like, all right, let's go over these clips. Or go over these. <laughs> right. Plus, you don't need to download stereo. I can just call you 
which is like you know kind of the whole point of this podcast whereas like if i yeah, if that's... i if i called you earlier and was like hey can you download stereo right now i mean maybe you would have but it would, it would have been more of a hassle and just be like okay what how does this work i'm 90 years old and jeopardy isn't over yet kind of a thing why are you calling me in the middle of jeopardy <laughs> don't you know what time Stop it is calling me i'm watching jeopardy exactly no new no new emails no new emails no new emails on the invisible sundial at gmail.com well just just wait 30 more seconds because my my fans are furious that you'd have the gall to say that hey maybe don't tell the police anything because <laughs> they're really not on our side anyway wow i know that what i said <laughs> don't tell the cops because they'll just ruin your car even more anyway <laughs> I, I yeah i mean i don't yeah, I don't need to keep going on about this, but there's so many bad interactions. No, but th- I mean that's I mean that's like that thought definitely has entered my head before. And even though like I'm a big fan of Mark Rober and just like oh, I'm sure he's great. Yeah, and I don't expect people to like have my uh, viewpoint. Yeah, you know? but there there are like there are definitely times where I think he does go kind of like too far. Like it doesn't happen a lot, thankfully. But there, like there's I think in his second video. Because one of the things he did is he, like, has fans or, like, volunteer to, like, have the package at their house. And he, like, sends it to them, different parts of the U.S. to see, like, if people will, like, steal the package. And he said there was, like, one in particular who, like, didn't put it on their porch. And then, like, the guy apparently, like, admitted to just, like, saying that he wanted the package as, like, a souvenir, basically, or something. And so, oh, yeah. and so what Mark Rober did is he, like, found out where he lived <laughs> and just, like like took his address and like sent it to like the Scientologist or something <laughs> and just like Come on. just just to like have the Scientologist like send a mail all the time as to like get back at him that's terrible like that's it's hilarious but at the same time it's just like yeah that is kind of like super super petty that's you so know bad. <laughs> I mean I uh, it's like funny in like a fictional <laughs> right yeah you know like it's funny in like a tv show but it's like, funny in like a ferris bueller like <laughs> yeah so right yeah great great film now let's talk about ferris bueller john hughes in depth john hughes right is that a john hughes movie uh i don't know i think ferris bueller is a john hughes movie let's look it up this is the I'm, most I'm i've ever looked up, up stuff you're looking it up get your producer on get where's your producer, get your producer <laughs> hey producer hey yeah. get on this is ferris <laughs> john hughes Bueller, a John Hughes movie. It is. I just said. Written and directed. Whoa, its release date was my birthday. Oh, you better. A few years, or quite a few years before my... I mean, uh, it was released sometime uh, in 1986. You're a Gemini? I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm a Gemini. uh, Allegedly. You learn something new every day. The Twins... As I don't yeah, know what right. exactly to do with that information. Let's talk, let's talk, uh, I was going to say Scientology, not Scientology. Let's talk astrology. What's, what's oh, your take gosh. on astrology? What's my take on astrology? Do you have a take on astrology? My, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. When I first started to learn a little bit about it, I thought that it was a fun icebreaker at a local coffee shop. So I would get off work and I would just chop it up with strangers in the coffee shop. The coffee shop was 24 hours. So I'd be mm-hmm. able to be there late and like really enjoy the nightlife and 
just go up to strangers and be like, hey, so what sign are you? Let's talk about that. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Um, and, yep. and there was a, there was a lot of fun. And I got to kind of, you know, explore different, you know, seeing how people think about it and then talk about other stuff. I think the thing about it that is fun is that you, it's a, it's a fun way to, like, you can reflect on yourself. Like, you can read what is sort of written and be like, hmm, am I like that? And right. it doesn't really matter if you are or not, because I think that that little self-reflection of sort of like someone saying, you're this way, and then you just, you know, you decide whether or not you, you know, right. like, am I? No, I'm not. Yeah. Or, hmm, maybe I am. And, and I think that that is an interesting kind of way to utilize it. You know, it's kind of like there's, there's a little bit of fun to the kind of club. Like, I'm part of Club Scorpio, you know, and like, if right. you find it's cool, like Scorpio, then it's like, you know, stingers out, you know, it's like, that's cool. Yeah. You know, cool symbol, cool, like, I'm tough and I live in a desert, you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. But my whole speech about not glitter bombing people, totally not like a Scorpio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scorpios I... are marked by being uh, vindictive. That's one of the key Scorpio traits. That my really? My speech was about how being vindictive is not necessarily you know the right thing to do in that well situation. maybe maybe you um, are vindictive but just in a different way you know maybe you're in vindictive i think i think that that is probably true yeah <laughs> you're as a musician um, and as an artist yeah. you you take revenge on the universe or uh living your best life <laughs> yeah or right yeah I feel like my take isn't really the hottest take. It's just like, I think it is a fun thing. I'm definitely on the more skeptical side, which is like, okay, sure. Say to my face that this all just isn't confirmation bias. Wasn't there a test? And I can't remember exactly what uh, the parameters. I, I'll, say, I'll say this from the perspective of someone who doesn't think that it's real. Like, I don't think that astrology is real in terms of being like some kind of mystic force that guides people, right. you know, like sort of the, the supernatural element of it. I mean, it's real in the sense that people know what it is. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like it's real in that sense. But, but those kind of studies that I've found, I think that they rely too heavily on the, the like horoscope side and that kind of piece, which I feel yeah. like is less. Like well, that is yeah. the like pop kind of bass, like, yeah but i'm yeah but i'm not even talking about like the horoscope side or or even like not even astrology but just like confirmation bias in general of just like 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 have you heard the the thing of like where they gave all these people like questionnaires and the questions like were kind of like random and didn't really was like what's your favorite color what kind of food do you like or or just some random things Uh and after they submitted their questionnaire they all got like a letter that people said were like tailored to them but they were all yeah of course yeah they're all the same letter and it was just like general things like oh you like to do this and you really want to travel and blah 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 and like all this other stuff and everyone was like oh wow they like they know everything about me (laughs) you know we're just like how do they get all that just from like guess from me answering what my favorite color was you know yeah i think there's some some nuance to it i I definitely think that i i guess that i feel like those kind of situations where it's kind of set up to be a gotcha. I don't know if it's necessarily the yeah. best environment for kind of means testing it. N- not to say that it like even really needs to be means tested. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't even really know what the like like what do you get 
get out of that. I don't know. Yeah. Like, I don't know what you're proving necessarily. Who is that for? Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> any, anyone who would want to do something like that is like, it's just like, okay. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's like, who hurt you? Um, yeah. Like, okay. Like, see, none want, of this I is guess. real. You're all dumb. I'll see you in science <laughs> class, losers. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I will. Um, I will say this: is even though like I'm spe- skeptical, skeptical, skeptical about. Uh-huh. Uh, astrology i do i do believe there are unseen forces that they have an effect or they have like influence for sure that like either you can say are on like a cosmic level or spiritual or supernatural like i do i do think there are definitely things like that and also for and on the on the topic of like science slash philosophy this whole like fate is it like fatalism? Is that the word of just like fateism? Fatalism. Yeah, fatalism. Fatalism. Is it? Fatalism is like it's like inevitability. Yeah, inevitability of things. I think there is something to that. Like I, I think there, there almost kind of is like a predestination of. Do you think the some... the time is a flat circle kind of thing? Is that actually a Nietzschean thing? time is a flat circle time or just like the illusion of time or whatever just like how we perceive it is not exactly how doesn't mean that's how it is and like that i don't know because and but like it's hard to talk about because we can't really imagine how we can perceive it any other way but just like it is yeah you know you could think about like how yeah maybe like your horoscope is wrong but like that isn't to say that we might be able to develop technology that like can <laughs> say that or even Whoa. if we can't get the technology <laughs> like there there are yeah, like no, other that's, no, that's a that's a take right there you're like <laughs> yeah maybe astrology isn't real now but we're gonna make it real with science yeah or or like even I'm if science build a gun <laughs> <laughs> But or or even if they're like there's some like alien species that are just observing us, being like, oh yep, we know it's gonna happen. They can't see us, but like this is just a movie but for us or whatever. Do 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 do. Mostly X-Files theme, but don't want to do too much. Copyright. Not too much, yeah. We're we're gonna have to censor all of that. We're gonna we're gonna have to like bleep out the word X-Files. That's copyright. No one will know what it is. <laughs> television show from the 90s about redacted yeah and i don't and i don't advertise unless i get a paycheck at the end of this so the government (laughs) believe is hiding the existence of redacted have you heard about like how ufos like the government kind of basically said like oh yeah they're real by the way we're gonna go go ahead and say that i heard about it i didn't i didn't click through though Tell me more. I I only I didn't read a whole lot. I think John Oliver brought it up in one of his last things of just pilots being like, "Oh yeah, I'd see weird things uh outside the airplane window every day and it would come up and then it would just disappear." Huh, weird. And what's his name? He's that Canadian astronaut with a mustache that everyone loves so much. Do you know who I'm talking about? Oof, I don't. Anyway, this astronaut's just like it's dumb to say just to flat out say it's aliens. Because it could be anything else. <laughs> it's like, why are we jumping to alien? Because because he talks about like on a scientific level is like we haven't found any evidence of other life 
even the possibility of like other planets are so far away that they wouldn't be able to come so it's just like we can maybe not rule it out completely but just like investigate other things that are already on this earth and she's like whatever scully there are other forces out here man what's your, what's your favorite x-files episode i'm trying to remember i'm like uh i think there they were also uh terrifying i've blocked most of them out of my memory there's one i remember of like a guy making like a really spooky like nest in like the vents of some building or or something yeah yeah you know yeah, what i'm yeah, talking yeah. about squeeze yeah gross uh why i don't even yeah. like talking about it um <laughs> it's 1:48 a.m here man i'm yeah yeah no but it's i'm because i'm trying to figure i'm trying to remember like what else because I, I watched them recently like there's the one where they're like in antarctica i think and there's some like disease it's like kind of like the zombie episode <laughs> where they're like quarantining and one by the one worm. is that it or it's just like, like yeah like like make them make them kill each other yeah i think uh nine eight or nine years ago like my first year of college when uh buffum introduced me to reddit back when reddit wow. was cool um what a monster <laughs> But, like, I remember seeing one of, like, a post that was just, like, every X-Files episode ever. Mulder's, like, I think, I think there might be some, oh, I'm, I'm butchering this. I'm going to edit this out anyway. But, basically, <laughs> it's, like, I think there might be some supernatural forces at play here. And Scully's, like, don't be ridiculous. There's obviously a perfectly fine, like, scientific explanation for this. And the next panel is just, like a really freaky alien <laughs> type thing. <laughs> Mulder's like, okay, I'm going in alone. And then it's like this alien thing. It's like, boo. Yeah, and he's like, ah, oh, Scully, save me. And she's like, okay. I think there's more to it, but I remember it being funnier I, I like than I'm explaining it. I feel like it's an underrepresentation, <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's a right. joke. It's a joke. It's a joke. Also, uh, Twin Peaks is another show that I could talk even less about because I've seen less episodes of Twin Peaks. <laughs> okay. Why even bring it up then? <laughs> because I was thinking about it. You know what I was thinking about? Okay. okay. So here's the thing about Twin Peaks. Great. A long time ago, I dated someone who. You told me this story. Did I tell you this? Tell the <laughs> yeah, you've already told me this story. And she. But if you want it on the podcast for some reason, go yeah. ahead. Yeah. Well, we'll see what editing me thinks. I might just edit this whole thing. I should stop saying that because that's that's just going to be what the whole podcast is. Is only including the things that I'm going to say that I'm going to edit out. Anyway, so like I'd never heard about Twin Peaks, and then because each episode's like an hour, right? Forty five minutes or something. I think I think so. Or it feels that way. I, um, <laughs> but like I I remember the first, her. The first episode is really long. I, I think, think that might be it. Like yeah. I remember never hearing about Twin Peaks before, and she's, like, hyping it up. She's like, we have to watch Twin Peaks. This is the best show. And then, like, we started watching it, and I was so bored. And I'm just like, sorry, I'm not watching this with you. <laughs> I can't even say it. And then she's like, but it's so good. I'm like, I don't, like, care about any of this. But I was just going to say, and then feeling kind of dumb, because, like, you and all my friends are just like, oh, Twin Peaks. Oh, yeah. So incredible so iconic and da, da, da. i'm like oh it is oh, okay <laughs> I, I feel like that's a misrepresentation of how i describe it. how would you describe it well i i i am not a huge fan of 
wow, this is amazing, you're going to lose your mind kind of approach to, to talking about about stuff. Just because it's like... But even, even if it's not like lo- you're going to lose your mind, it's just like, oh, this is like iconic cinema or television. And I mean, I only saw Twin Peaks recently. Oh, okay. But I, I will tell you my story about Twin Peaks. Okay, want. yeah, let's let's hear. We're we're talking about Twin Peaks for those of you just jumping in. This is the Twin Peaks podcast. <laughs> so <laughs> the the theme music from Twin Peaks plays. Um, <laughs> that'd be a really funny bit, but you probably you know don't want to risk it. Yeah. Um, so when I when I was I don't know I was pretty young maybe twelve or something. I had never seen Twin Peaks. I was just kind of vaguely aware of it. I had, like, seen the Simpsons bit, you know, so, like, I knew that it was a thing, and I saw the ads for Pure Moods. I don't know if you know what that is, Mm -hmm. but it was, it's, like, this new age compilation album. It would play ads. That ad would play on everything in the 90s. Okay. Like, every single TV show, you would hear Enya just blasting. It was, it was always. So, uh, but on that, uh, twin, the Twin Peaks theme is actually on that, but it's like a remix or something. So, like, I just had this vague awareness of Twin Peaks. was always kind of interested in it. And uh, one day I was at a bookstore, a big chain bookstore. I, I don't remember which one it was, uh, but I was, I was visiting my grandma, and I didn't really have this chain near me. So it was, like, really impressive because it had, like, a restaurant. You know, it had, like, the little cafe. Yeah. It was it Borders? It had books. It had movies. Uh, it might have been. Yeah. It, it might have been. I, I loved was. Borders when I was, like, nine years old. Yeah. Because so, I could so go like, listen to the TMBG albums and, like, scan the barcode thing and put on the headphones. Yeah, I thought it was the coolest yeah. thing in the world. Mm-hmm. So I went to the, you know, CD section. I saw the Twin Peaks CD. And I was like, I know what this is, kind of, I guess. And I'm interested. <laughs> um, so I, I, I asked my grandma if I could buy it or if she would buy it for me. And it, it was just kind of something that happened. I always got a CD from, from my grandma when I went down to visit her. Because mm-hmm. we would always go to, to the bookstore and, and look through the CDs. I, I went maybe 20 years of my life with just hearing the music from Twin Peaks as, as a thing that I really enjoy in an huh. album. Wow. Um, I, I mean, I saw them all in Drive when it came out, or, or like a little bit after. Like, I, I saw it on, like, I rented it from Blockbuster and, and watched it with my friend who, who had recommended it to me. Mm-hmm. And that was the, the first David Lynch thing I had seen. Uh, and Mahal and Drive is still one of my favorite movies of all time. Definitely, definitely recommend it if you haven't seen it. Uh, which, which one? Which? Mahal and Drive. Mahal and Drive? Yeah. But, but yeah, so it's. So, so the music is awesome, and and the composer for Twin Peaks actually Angelo Badalamenti, maybe Angelo Badalamenti, not sure, one or the other. But mm-hmm. he uh, he does all the music for Twin Peaks, and he also does the original score in Mahon Drive, and and he's he's a David Lynch staple. He he's one of the like mainstays of, of sort of the David Lynch productions. But hmm. there is a video. This is this is the thing I wanted to talk about. This is the thing I wanted to mention. Yeah. There's a video, and it's it's Angelo talking about writing the theme for Twin Peaks, and and he's he's, he's sitting at a Fender Rhodes, 
and he just goes through and he plays or it's, it's not the theme for Twin Peaks it's Laura Palmer's theme mm-hmm. which is a different different song but he, he goes through and he's playing it and he plays the song and as he plays the song he tells the story of sitting in the room with David Lynch walking through composing the song and writing each piece of you know the different chord changes and like the moods for each chord change mm-hmm. and like what was being described to him and it's so good hmm. it's so good and every time I watch it it just like inspires me endlessly like if I'm ever feeling like I'm like I don't know I don't like I just kind of need a zap to my to my in- inspiration heart mm-hmm. I need a little little you know boost a little little electric jolt that video always does the trick it's an amazing video definitely recommend yeah, it's like two minutes you know you got two minutes just look it up on YouTube it's a two minute bit <coughs> two minute Twin Peaks writing song something I'll take a look. If it's yeah. only two minutes, I'll watch a two-minute Twin Peaks thing. I won't watch all of Twin Peaks, though, probably anytime soon. <laughs> I mean, it's not, even from, it's not even from Twin Peaks. It's just talking about... It's just about writing. it. Or just about... Yeah. Which sounds more interesting <laughs> oh, than Twin Peaks okay. itself. Okay, so the video, the video is four minutes and, and 27 seconds. Okay. That's no, still not too bad. It's twice as, twice as long <laughs> as I described it, but I definitely, definitely recommend it to you because it's special special little moment, special little uh, explanation. And, you know, I, I like to write stuff for things. Yeah. Like I like to compose stuff. Uh, I don't know, hearing about it from, from a master. I mean, yeah, that's, that is really cool. Sure, yeah. Have you seen um, Chernobyl on HBO yet? No. Because that the soundtrack for that miniseries is... It's the person who did Joker, right? Is it? I believe that it is Johan Johansson's. Let's look it up. Shallot. Great composer. Hildur Gonadoter. Yeah. You said like Johan Johan Johansson. Johan. Oh yeah, sorry. Johan Johansson. So I not not out, the right? same person. No no no. Hildur uh, was his uh, cellist. Oh, for Joker, for the Joker soundtrack. No. I I'm just saying Johan Johansson rocks Hildur collaborated with him and she did the uh, music for joker just her oh she oh I'm okay like five i'm saying like five things at one time oh okay yeah so she, yeah she did joker and chernobyl as well yeah she also played cello on the score for sicario and prisoners those are both composed by johan johansson okay and arrival arrival also oh she did arrival she played cello on the score for Arrival. <laughs> and Johan Johan Johansson. Johan Johansson. Johan Johansson. Okay. Just to clarify for the listeners, um, just <laughs> just play back uh, what I what we said because I'm not gonna rehash that. <laughs> the long and short of it is. <laughs> the long and short of it is just just listen to it again if you didn't get it. Just just go back five minutes. <laughs> Hilder Hilder, however you pronounce her name. Composer of Joker and Chernobyl, friends with Johan Johansson, who has scored other things. And I know I said I wasn't going to rehash it, but there's there's the rehash, there's the clarification. R.I.P. Johan Johansson. That was a sad. That really that bummed me out. What bummed you out? Johan Johansson. He he died in uh, 2018. Oh really? I didn't know that. Yeah. Rest in peace, Johan. Yep. He he rules. I mean, all all the like prisoners. I don't know if you've seen. 
prisoners. He was going to do Blade Runner 2049, but then he ended up not doing it. I don't really know why. We don't need to talk about Hans Zimmer. Yeah, I, I know that's that was the last person you wanted to talk about. <laughs> unless you wanted to talk about how much you hated him. But I did. Uh, I did want to. I did want to just say about Hilder Gonatider. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say. Let's yeah. talk about Hilder. Um, she she composed the score for uh, Chernobyl. <clears throat> Have you seen or listened to the soundtrack at all? No, I I tend to wait. Yeah. Uh, despite my story about Twin Peaks, I was a child then. Okay, I was a child who, who didn't understand. Right. How to consume score music. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, I I tend to like to to see or to hear the score kind of in context. Yeah, the score music just kind of is that way. So like Eric Satie talked about like creating, I believe, like furniture music. I think that's mm-hmm. what he called it. And, and I feel like music for movies is sort of like furniture music for sort of cinematic storytelling yeah you know like the the music kind of sits there it's like in the room with you and it kind of it highlights things it brings it together you mm-hmm. know but it's it, it's not necessarily something that needs to to stand on its own of course there's yeah. scores that that do and, and i think even after you've seen something a lot of times the scores are, are are great on their own but yeah i feel like the the first take should kind of be in in context but i i I am curious, and, and sometimes, you know, the music will be enough for me. Sometimes I'll, I mean, that's how I got into it. That's how I even started watching Giallo movies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, I I don't know if you if you know much about, like, Italian horror, Mm-mm. but... Uh, there, I, I, can, I can safely tell you I know nothing about Italian horror. There's a subgenre called Giallo, which is yellow in Italian. Mm-hmm. It, it, the yellow is a reference to sort of, like, the pulp novel color like a pulp novels were kind of cut they were printed on cheap paper right so that they like have that cheap yellow look so that's like what those stories are what they're kind of inspired by mm-hmm. um but i first heard the music for suspiria i heard a song from goblin goblin is the group that does the music for suspiria i heard the music and was like well this music rules I got, you know, it was recommended to me on YouTube, and I was like, well, I guess I'll make this my life, mm-hmm. and I just, uh, I started to watch a bunch of Italian horror and found out how much I liked it, but there's a lot of great music in, in the genre. Anyway, so Hilder does So anyway, music. as I was talking about uh, Hilder, and you insisted on in yeah. talking about Italian horror <laughs> and pulp fiction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's on the on the topic of just like soundtracks and even if it's iconic like star wars you know that like everyone knows like you don't sit down and just like listen to the soundtrack like i don't don't just sit down and like listen to like a new hope on cd no i mean maybe maybe like in the like when i was eight i think you know before (laughs) before the internet was where it is now (laughs) Uh you know but i mean just like now i mean like that doesn't really yeah and like the only the only like sound like soundtrack music that i still that i actually like will listen to without the movie is like lord of the rings sometimes because i'm just like oh this this is fun you know but even then it's like one of the songs i usually skip if i'm like listening to something on shuffle but like 
I remember like a friend in high school making multiple Facebook posts about how much he loved the soundtrack to uh, How to Train Your Dragon. And I remember just being like, wait, what? <laughs> sure, it's good. But like, I don't know, like I'm like in high school, like I'm in band and, you know, playing all type of classical and soundtrack music. And we're just like, I, I guess it's good, but I didn't feel like it was any better than like you know soundtracks when any other animated film was just like oh man i just like i wake up in the morning i I just turn on how to train your dragon soundtrack and it's just so inspiring and just makes me feel good i'm just like what <laughs> really okay so i guess i guess there are people like that who will just listen to the soundtracks to, to films anyway i i don't know why i went on that tangent but i was just gonna say that hilder for chernobyl included just like went to actual power plants and recorded like sounds that the power plants were making and included that in this the soundtrack that's awesome it's and it's like it's it's really good like because it it kind of creates this like really surreal tone throughout like the series and it's just like it's really good i I, i've been interested i i i really liked her score for for joker i haven't Um, seen joker and even if i have seen joker i'm like basically not allowed to say or i i'm i can't admit because because (laughs) me me buffum and and nick have this kind of like code where like not like none of us are allowed to see joker anyway what you know wait what if you you haven't heard it, or it's it's one of those like jokes or inside jokes where like whenever it comes up in conversation, we'll always like accuse the other like, oh, you've seen Joker, haven't you? And it's like, what? No, I have not seen Joker. Shut up. And I'm pretty sure none of us have actually seen it. Maybe Brian saw it, but like, cause cause they all share a, an HBO account, and I think uh, one day like it said it was like watched, and I can't remember if it was, like Brian or his wife watched it or something, but like Colin was like, Nick, you watched Joker, didn't you? And he's like, I did not. How dare you? You watched Joker, and you're just trying to pawn it off on me, and that kind of thing. Anyway, it's 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 just a dumb inside joke. Uh, should, I, should I not tell you my thoughts? No, please tell me your thoughts about Joker or just the soundtrack, since that's we're only talking about music I, and not yeah, about glitter I, bombs and like police brutality. I, I the one thing that I'll say is that I think it's interesting that the, the fact that they cast a woman to do the score mm-hmm. and there's sort of this like men's rights activist kind of shadow that sort of over the film. It's interesting that a, a female composer is doing the emotional kind of underpinnings and like the emotional there's a scene which you haven't seen obviously right because uh, you would never betray your friend there's a scene where he with where the joker the title character joker uh-huh. is dancing in a bathroom mm-hmm. and he I, I, it seems like this is sort of the musical moment that people remember the most but he's dancing and it's just this like slow kind of mournful cello solo cello mm-hmm. piece and and he's dancing in kind of a like it's a victory dance of sorts but it's very slow and very bizarre and and i feel like it, the tone of the cello is sort of like reflective of it, it's like this person has this very strange view on how things kind of should be or kind of you know this yeah. kind of like blind sort of it's hard to it's hard to like put it into words but mm-hmm. I, I just think that it's interesting having a, a a female composer creating what really sets that moment apart like if he was dancing to nothing then you wouldn't have that kind of female view or lens helping mm-hmm. um 
color it and, and kind of bring the life to it that, that it has. That's my thoughts on the, the score. Because the whole kind of tone of the movie is about this character who's like a jaded white male, basically. Sure. Right? And, yeah. and it's with, and the soundtrack is kind of like the anthems to that. Right. And them being kind of written by... I mean, I think that there's some like nuance would be giving it too much credit, I guess. But mm-hmm. I, I feel like there's like... Well, what is interesting about a woman writing for a man's film? <laughs> Tell me more about that, Austin. I, I guess it's less than are you, I don't are you saying it's it's movie. not interesting that men have been writing soundtracks for women r- movies oh, for the geez. past two hundred years? Get, get me out of here! <laughs> um, where's my publicist? Um, <laughs> I, I think that she was like the first like woman to win best original score, maybe. Oh really? Or nominate? I mean, she might not have won. I think maybe she didn't win. Did she not? Let's look this up. Let's look this up. Yeah, You're, I think maybe she. You're the only guest I've had so far where I'm like looking things up constantly. And it should be that she way. Win. She did win. I just looked it up. She did win. Good for her. Uh, she deserves it. I don't know it. if she's the first, but I'm pretty sure. Did she win anything she... for uh, Chernobyl? Let's look that up. Did Hilder okay, win cool. for Chernobyl? Not Hitler. Hilder. <laughs> the Parasite score is great, too. Icelandic composer Hilder Gnodeder nabbed her first Emmy for the haunting score to HBO limited series Chernobyl. So, hey, there you go. There. Good job. Yeah. Good job, Hilder. Um, yeah, she was up against Randy Newman for, the, for Marriage Story. I haven't seen Marriage Story, but imagining uh, like... To- Randy Newman did like Toy Story, right? Yeah. Imagining <laughs> <laughs> like, you got a friend in me that's like, you know, kind of punching the wall and crying. You got a friend in me. It's just, it's just like this recycled soundtrack to Toy Story. Yeah, I also like John Williams being nominated for Rise of Skywalker. I I haven't seen Rise of Skywalker, but it's like I imagine most of the music is not that much different than the other work that he's done for the series. So it's like keep coming, (laughs) yep, keep it going. You know, it's it's just Disney executives being like, "Please make us look better than we actually are." For the trailer for Star Wars Force Awakens, there was this awesome musical cue in the trailer. I remember that. And I was like, I was like, this rules. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure it's not in the movie. <laughs> yeah. I think I remember that too. Because so, cause it's just like, I'm getting chills just thinking about it. I'm not sure if we're thinking about oh, the same rules. cue or not, it's but just so like, because. Because it's just like, sl- yeah. it's like a slowed down version of like the main theme, right? Where it's just like. Dude, because instead of like it's like and just like and it just like grabs you by the feels yeah no it's good no it's like John Williams is great John Williams is great he does his his job well he did Jaws he did Jaws he did the score for Jaws and and didn't isn't there like a famous story where just like he he showed like the the theme to some executives and they're like what ha 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 what is this this is a joke right you're gonna show us the actual theme later right and he's like no th- this is the theme yeah it was, it, I think yeah it was something like that and then he showed it to Steven Spielberg and Steven Spielberg was like what are you talking about this is incredible or something right like that. yeah I, I don't yeah there, there's some story there yeah he did Superman he he did. Yeah, he did all kinds of. He did the Home Alone. He did Home Alone, another John Hughes film. Uh, yeah. Yeah, he's he's ta- I I wouldn't say he's as talented as a Hans Zimmer though. That guy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, my my lawyer is calling me. 
me. And, uh, <laughs> and they're going to sue me? Okay. <laughs> We're, my lawyer and my publicist have just told me that... I'm I, under contract to not bring up Hans Zimmer in a positive light around you. But <laughs> what trick. what do you think about the controversies of uh, John Williams just, like, stealing from uh, dead composers? What do I think about that? Because like, uh, the Imperial March I, and the Jaws no. theme is, like, very similar to... Classical pieces, right? I, think, I I don't really think that that is real. I I, I mean I, I think there are definitely moments that are kind of inspired by other things, but I don't know. It's a it's a whole thing. <laughs> like I, I I think that the kind of mentality that things like when you're doing stuff like that, it, it's definitely more of an homage than yeah. necessarily feeling it. Like like the Star Wars theme is very heavily drawn like it, it very heavily draws upon like a western or something like that and, mm-hmm. and it's like get it like that that's kind of right it. it's yeah. more of an approach like that you know and it's not like oh can i get away with this <clears throat> and, and and right like you think like quentin tarantino right like people don't say wow he sure did steal that because he like quote he does like a lot of quotes he does a lot oh, of right yeah like in in in, in jazz, there's like musical quotes are a pretty common thing in, in improvisation, mm-hmm. where people kind of like they'll do a little run that's like, oh look, he's he's doing the, the he's doing Spain, it's Spain by Chick Corea, I hear it, you know, right, and then it and then it moves on, and no one's like, hey, that's hey, Spain, wh- hey, wait a minute, ah, uh, what? Well, there's a robbery, there's a robber on the loose. Guy in jail. That's a good take on John Williams because I think I I would agree there. As as a uh, amateur musician and artist, you can't really. It's not that fair to say like, oh, he's stealing, you know, about anyone, right. you know, a musician or artist or otherwise, because it's you you can't create in a vacuum anyway. Yep. But counterpoint, The Greatest Showman. Now that soundtrack, I don't I don't know what it is about that soundtrack, but it just sounds I, like. I don't have you, know did you ever see it. this greatest showman no it just seems like every song on that soundtrack is i've heard somewhere before even though it's like original material i'll have to get back to you on that one but maybe that's just the same exact conversation and i just don't like the greatest showman i think it's sure it's overrated <laughs> i mean <laughs> there is a, a film by christopher nolan that has a soundtrack that is very similar I won't say who composed that soundtrack, but it's very similar to... Moments of it are very similar to the Philip Glass, Quiana Scotsi score in a way that doesn't quite feel like it's what we were talking about before, where it it feels a little bit more like, you know, it's someone trying to get away with it. And and I guess that is kind of the distinction, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I, I feel like that is kind of where you get mad is like you know like when you get mad at something at the core of it it's always going to be you're mad because it is like a trick or it's betraying you somehow or it's like it's hey you know, a corruption there's some kind of something about it there's like something that like kind of, it's it's someone you don't like doing it right yes instead of it's someone you, you don't respect like doing it. <laughs> that's that's what i'm getting at right or or like someone trying to get away with it you know like right. if someone does it fragrantly that's one thing about quentin tarantino is i feel like it's very obvious that he's paying homage mm-hmm. and then a lot of times he's, he 
plays homage to stuff people have no idea. Right. You know, because they just, like, aren't tuned in enough to what he's drawing from. Since his, his stuff has such a contemporary audience most of the time. And he's, you know, referring to stuff that is from, like, the 70s, 60s, mm-hmm. and so on. So people don't even realize that, 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 that that's what's going on. Yeah. And, and it is very flagrant. It's very much like, this is what I'm doing, you know? Like, I am taking this. Yeah. I made so, this. Yeah. I made this. And I'm stealing it. <laughs> but you're not mad because he's like, I stole this. And you're like, hey, that's cool. I like that. Or you're like, oh, cool. A thing I didn't know. Cool. You stole it. Nice. I think a lot of it has to do with intention. It's like, uh, is it like manslaughter? Like, are you are you murdering this thing? Or are you, are you, you know, are murdering you this, this music? I, I think that there, I think, yeah, I think the biggest sort of distinction or the sort of, yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with intent. I, I, I think that ownership as a concept with art is is tricky. And I think that especially with art that is... I mean, when we're talking about composers, this is something that's created by a single person. Right. But when it comes to movies where it's a lot of different people and the individual who owns or created it is not as easily identifiable, I think that it's a little easier to be removed from it. Sort of going back to the Quentin Tarantino thing, it's like, oh, he drew this thing from that movie, but, like, whose thing is that? Who is he even stealing from? Because 500 people worked on that movie. Right. It's no one person's kind of idea. But I I still kind of think that once you put something out there, that there is a lot that happens with how it exists. Like you said, you're not creating in a vacuum. Right. And, And I think that that piece that is the interaction with people and the culture and society and all that, the influence it has, the way that it gets repurposed down the line, that, you know, all that kind of stuff. I, I, I think at a certain point, the, inner sh- the ownership gets eroded quite quickly. Okay, now, now at like a more, even more like, because we're, we're kind of talking about a more like philosophical, like uh, borrowing themes or stealing themes from other composers either dead or alive but more specifically do you think it's about time that composers just stick with a 4-4 time signature and stop trying to like especially for a for cinema and just and just get over the fact that like oh going in between 4-4 and 5-4 time over and over again isn't as like creative as as you you think it is or is that is this just Uh, I don't. I don't really mind it. Uh, it, It's either five four or seven four, depending on what people are considering dramatic. This this is this is high school me complaining now because did you ever see Alpha and Omega? It was like one of those um, like wolf movie or whatever. Yeah. No, I didn't see it, but okay. I I saw it kind of almost because I had to. It's one of those animated films that you know we. You you have to ask. Is why are we talking about this wolf movie that wasn't uh-huh. made by like a Pixar, or DreamWorks, or whatever? But in high school, my band teacher was friends with the guy who wrote the score for that movie. <laughs> I think he was a former student, and he's just like, "Yeah, okay. we're gonna play this at our next concert," and it was just so full of just going back and forth between. Four four and seven four and seven three, just like over and over again. I'm like, I'm so tired of this. Like, it's not hard to play, really. Like, it's it's maybe it's slightly you have to pay slightly more attention. But I'm just like, this could have been four four, Dacknabbit, and no one would have noticed. <laughs> it would have been fine, <laughs> Dacknabbit. 
I was so I was uh, probably more upset than I should have been, but I remember just being like, "Come on, man! Yeah, you're not impressing anybody with this." It's like, "Oh, I can make a f- I can make a song that goes in between four four and seven four over and over again sound like it's in four four. It's like, well, this is for an animated film. None of us are paying attention anyway." Stop. I mean, it, it happens. It happens in more than just animated films. It, it's a pretty common. It's like, a common soundtrack it, thing. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, Mission Impossible. Like mission and bu- the bump, 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 right? Bum, yeah. Bum. Like that's just action five four seven four. That's like the action time signature. That the, the I, I I do think there is an interesting discussion to be had in the where our kind of familiarity to something is sort of what gives it that reaction, and how much of it is kind of just inherent in the existence of the signature. Like, does five four sound like action because we've heard it in everything forever and we're like right. oh, we know this is action now. Or Or am I just a jaded high school that... student? Maybe that's it. <laughs> well or or is it just kind of like embedded into us that, that for some reason the five four feels that way. Right. But I, I think with tonality, I think sort of the distance between notes and how those affect people I think there might be more universe universality. University. Universality. I'm trying to give you a good a good take so you can cut out me boxing yeah. it. Uni- universality. See? That's the go. one I'm gonna use. Said with confidence. Universality. <laughs> ah, I should have done this. You know what? Let's start I'm gonna look up if this is a word. Universality. Un universality. Did you mean universality? Universality, the quality of involving being shared by all people or all things in the world are particular. Yeah, there you go. Universality, that's what I'm looking for. Yeah. No, I'm going to just have you saying universality seven times. That's (laughs) that's the take (laughs) I'm keeping in. Whatever, that's fine. So, So I do think that there is more to be explored with tonality and how it is affect like how it affects people across the world you know like the distance of notes and sort of that kind of thing time signatures i i find that there is more there's more variation and sort of more complexity to how cultures use time signatures differently and and that makes me think that there is less of this sort of embedded like nature of time signatures kind of feeling a certain way or, or you know like like time signatures feel this way because they they just are that way because a lot of other cultures have they don't care about four four like four four is not the basic standard sort of like right this is the truth you know it's just sort of Western music that, yeah that has that idea so when it comes to sort of whether the sound of 5-4 equals action, whether that's real. It's just something that's been fed to us, is what you're saying. <laughs> uh, no, I mean, there's, there's still there's still utility to it, of course, right? Like, like it definitely, yeah, it definitely is, is real in the sense that, like, we've learned it and there is an effect there. Like, but it does something to our brain that we, it's hard, it's like, that's, because it's, it's like music theory, anyway, it's just like m- major and minor scales, like, a major scale makes us feel happy, and a minor scale makes us feel sad or angry, and it's just like, we don't know what's... I mean, that's not, and, and even that isn't true, right? Like, there, there is a lot of complexity to that yeah. as well. I think that it's sort of interesting. It's sort of interesting that that there are sort of generic kind of you know presumptions about sort of tonality and, and how it ex- how it exists and this is the way that it is and this is 
know, the way it always has been and all that. Yeah. Who knows, man? I guess we'll never know. I guess, you know, we can never ask, like, a music historian about why music affects us the way we do. I I think it would be less... Yeah, I don't know if it would be, like, history or if it would be more... There's got to be some... I remember there was this book called, like, This Is Your Brain on Music. So this is your brain on music. Written by a neuroscientist, and it's sort of about how just sort of how we perceive it and how our brains interpret it, which would be sort of the more primal kind of. Right. But I was, you know, I read it, and it was a little less music theory centric for me when I got mm-hmm. into it. So I didn't end up reading it, but I think I would be more open to it now. Yeah. But I do think that sort of the I think science of like the brain or kind of. Yeah. Cognition. I think cognition and, and that kind of thing would give us more direction on, on sort of the uh, the truth of it all. I mean... Next um, question! <laughs> next question. Uh, what did you have for breakfast today? Waffles. Waffles? Yep. Waffle with banana and peanut butter. Like homemade waffles? No, I got it from a local place. Not Eggos, but like you went, you had waffles at like a waffle... You went to Waffle House? Yeah. You went to Denny's? I had a... Nice. Not a chain. Not a chain. Not a chain, but like a a waffle place. A, a local a local waffle place. So you're going outdoors a now. Local. That's 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 good. That's fine. I didn't go outdoors. Oh you did oh, you had it delivered to you. I did go outdoors for my dinner though. Okay. What'd you have for dinner? I, I picked I picked up sushi. You picked up sushi. You didn't eat in the sushi place, you picked it up and came back. I did not eat in the sushi place. I picked it up and came back. Man, now I want sushi. Sushi sounds real great. good. I hadn't had that place since pre-pandemic because they don't deliver. Which place? <laughs> it's just a local sushi place. It is a local you're sushi gonna, place. You're not going to know what it is. <laughs> How, look, if you would have said sugarfish, I would have known what it was. I, I know I kinda, know my California sushi places. Place. They're, they're kind of far. They're, they're, kind of, uh, they're kind of far from where I live, so that's why delivery would be the only the only kind of option just because driving somewhere you're not going inside feels a little silly, but yeah. today I went for it. Nice. Today I said, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna go and I'm gonna pick it up and I'm gonna eat it, and it was delicious. Have you ever had a, pla- a sushi nope. at a place called Sugarfish? Nope. If you ever feeling fancy and wealthy, th- does does your wife like sushi? Yes. Okay. Whenever there's any s- s- uh, special occasion, Sugarfish. I can't remember what part of L.A. or around that area. Or I think they have I don't multiple live places. In LA. I know, but I'm saying if you ever go out to L.A. and you you know yeah. doing something fancy, you know going to whatever beaches are there, but just like <laughs> Sugarfish, it's like it's kind of pricey. It's like eighty dollars a plate, and they just keep bringing out like different. You like pick, you tick off like chef's choice and the menu thing or whatever, and it's just like it just melts in your mouth sushi that's is uh yeah it's it's real good and like in the bathroom there's like two soaps soap dispensers unscented for before you eat and scented for after you eat because they don't want like any sense of the soaps like on your hands interfering with the fragrances and taste of the of the sushi it's just like the whole experience like the lighting is really dim so it's just like you're it's all about experiencing the flavors and things of the sushi it's yeah not to say that the meal you had tonight was like garbage or anything, 
good. <laughs> I mean, this sounds really, really fancy. Yeah, it's uh, it's worth at least going once, which is the okay. exact amount of times that I've been. Yeah. All right, I'll see you there. Sugarfish, we'll go there together sometime when this all is right. all over in in ten years. Sounds good. This podcast is brought to you by Sugarfish. Visit your local Sugarfish. <laughs> <laughs> today's sponsor today's Sugar sponsor is Sugarfish <laughs> yeah that's good next question yeah next question do you have any questions for me is my, <laughs> is my next question <laughs> and that's a yes or no question yes yes okay next question what are those questions no that isn't that isn't a yes or no that's a follow up question oh the last oh, question uh... So what is what is what is what did you want to ask? Me? Am I close? This isn't a writer. This isn't a quiz. <laughs> oh, I thought this was like you know how like when you're done with the interview, you usually do like a little like quiz, like you do like a little wrap up quiz. I'm not Brene Brown here. Um, not yet. As, as as much as I respect her and her work. How long are your are your interviews usually? Um, usually they're. Uh, two and a half hours shorter than this one <laughs> I, was gonna, I was gonna say oh okay but, <laughs> yeah I, was, I feel like you probably have like way more than you could yeah. ever want <laughs> i was gonna say i might i might just like release this into three parts but... oh wow wow i mean we should do we should do I, I feel like we should do like another one i feel like you should make uh, obviously we talked about a lot of good stuff but i feel like we should do this like, we talked for two and a half I, hours. Like, I think we should do another one. Well, what I mean is, like, we should do one that when, I, like, I have like more stuff or like something like like a new like thing something to prom- to promote. You mean, or just like something to yeah. talk about? Like, we're gonna Instead talk being, exclusively like, about albums and not glitter bombs and police brutality. Right. I mean, uh, I mean, I yeah. You know what I mean. Right. I feel yeah. Like we could do this yeah. Again. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Totally. Well, you want? Should we record some kind of like rap rap down or something? Oh, a what? A rap down? Yeah, I mean, you're the you're the expert, so. I'm I'm Go not the it. expert. I'm I'm just a tourist of this cosmos. I have I've only ever heard one podcast. Of mine? No, just like podcasts in general. Oh, in general, no. what what was that podcast? I I was just kidding because I'm just saying I don't really I don't know much about podcasts. Okay. So I'm not, I mean, me I'm neither. Not I, I don't know. I don't listen to a ton of podcasts either, but I can just give this recording to you <laughs> and you can hijack what? it and be like, hey, I'm a podcaster now. Visit my oh. website, sundialinvisibleman.com. No, 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 no. No. Okay. No. Just, just spitballing here. Cause it's, it's experimental. I, my, I mean. I do, I do want to. Oh, oh. Oh, I thought you meant like give me the recording. Oh, I see. You're yeah. handing me the. I, you're handing me the microphone. Right. Okay. Yeah. So okay. So you're like, hey, you got anything to promote or something? This like is that. your podcast now, where you know every week we you talk to me <laughs> and me. You don't have any any other guests. Yeah. It's just uh okay. the the Austin and Parker show talking about music and politics. Okay. I mean, uh, I had fun. I, thanks for having me on. Yeah, it was, I, I had you're fun. you're a great guy. I had fun as as well. I mean, this is this interview still isn't over. I don't know why you're trying to weasel your way out of this uh, 
two and a half hour interview. It's kind of messed up, man. I, I mean, isn't it longer? Because we were talking before. Like, my phone <laughs> says two hours and 20 minutes. But we were talking and then it hung up. Yeah, and that was like 10 minutes in. Like, I'm looking at... Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. my... F- our phones say two hours and nineteen and a half minutes. My recording, oh, I see. my recording is at two hours and thirty-three minutes. So it's really not, oh. not that. It's so ten minutes there. longer or so. Okay. Yeah. So great being on. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Thank. Uh, thank you so sure much for uh, staying on the phone for two and a half hours uh, and a, on, on a Saturday night cold call. Yeah. You got me at the perfect time, you've, really. You've, like, I... you've beaten me at my own game. Cause... <laughs> I was like, you're like, hey, you want to be on my podcast? And I'm like, let's buckle in, baby. And he's, and you're, you're just like, oh, let me sit down. Let's do this. Let's yeah. let's go. Oh, I got my snacks. I just went to the bathroom just now. I'm good to go. <laughs> I got my water. It's all filled up. It's not it's like... true. I've, I've wanted water all time. But, you know, that's just the name of the game. The name of the game. I'm parched. I'm parched, but I'm trailing through. I'm carrying. <laughs> you're, on, you're. You know? I think you've beaten. You've, you've beaten the, the, the system. Everyone else I've called is either like, oh, I'm busy right now, or they're doing something else. And I mean, I had one interview that it wasn't two and a half hours, but it was just like it was a <laughs> decent amount of time. And you're just like, well, I got to get back to you know taking care of my family. And I'm just like, yeah, you do that. Yeah. But now it's just like, yeah. So congratulations is is what I'm saying. You're you're this. I, it's great because people are gonna listen to you know the ten minute cut that you upload and then you'll add this at the end. Where we're like, wow, can't believe yeah. we talked for two and a half hours. Not even, not even. A ten minute cut, like not even like like ten seconds of things throughout. Just like the first ten minutes, and then not yeah. even. It's just to be like, oh, uh, no, well, like he hung up. Minutes, right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And then you have to put like the ad or whatever. You're, you have to do your like stinky fish or whatever. It was. Yeah, I mean, I haven't been doing that with a stinky fish. I mean, that that, that I'm not gonna lie, that sounds like a great product. But yeah, I, I've been doing those just for spicers. I haven't been doing that for like my uh, interviews, which I've I've been thinking about doing. I don't know. I, I just it just doesn't feel like uh, this. It doesn't vibe as well. For some reason, I don't know. Maybe that's this just me. This episode was sponsored by Strikeout. <laughs> Strikeout. When you don't know what you want to read, you read Strikeout. You want to know about baseball, you read Strikeout. When you want to see some sports on the page, Strikeout. That's Strikeout, baby. Ba-da-da-da-ba-da. How was that? That you was Austin Amberg hijacking my show to <laughs> advertise for... <laughs> Another friend that I've already advertised for in a previous podcast. I didn't even. I Thanks didn't for even listening. Get to plug my stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. on, on Sorry, we gotta go. We're running out of time. Anyways, no. this uh, <laughs> no. Let let people know. Uh, let let my three followers know where they can find you on the internet and listen other places. Listen to me. Go to the go to theinvisiblesundial.com. I post blogs on there and also go to Spotify or AT&T or Bandcamp or SoulSeek and listen to any of my albums that you'd like. The Invisible Sundial. The Invisible yeah, Sundial.com. We'll have a, a link in the description. On Twitch. Follow on 
Twitch. And on Twitch as and, well. And I promise you, promise you that something will happen eventually. If you keep checking the invisiblesundial.com, just check it like every day. Yeah. Your homepage. There It'll usually there probably isn't more it. than one post a day, so you don't have to check it any more than once a day, which is which is nice. Yeah. Just check it nine a.m. Like wake up, set your alarm, nine a.m. PST. Open up your phone. Look. Oh, any new posts? Yes. No. There you go. Just, just really well, quick, you as you're brushing your teeth, you can just check, yeah. check the invisiblesundial.com on your phone as you're brushing See, your teeth. There's a new blog post. Yeah, either in the morning or at night, whenever, just like any time during the day. It's really yeah. convenient. Uh, the invisiblesundial.com, and uh, you have a Twitter as well. Yeah, I don't know what my Twitter is. Uh, I think it's just my name, just Austin Hamburg. Okay, you have a social security number too. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's, okay. Uh, is it a good one? Yeah, <laughs> I just remembered. I wanted to apologize for uh, not writing your bio, or I'm sorry, I did write it. I don't think I ever sent it to you. I'm not <laughs> well, sure if you still that wanted bio, that. Uh, took the bio out of the website. But yeah, send it to me. Hey, go ahead, send it to me. Okay. Maybe I'll find a place to put it. Because that, I, I mean, it. that's something we probably should have talked about. Is just like what the invisible sundial is. But maybe we can save that for the next podcast or or you can or our listeners can just go to the invisible sundial.com to see that the invisible the sundial is up or not yeah it isn't it isn't <laughs> an actual invisible sundial it's a metaphor the sundial within us that uh tells time did i did i explain that right is that the gist uh, without going yeah. too much into it yeah the invisible sundial lives in in all of us in one and all through uh, one and all through music experiencing music vibrations vibrations writing it and hearing it all of the above that's right anyway thank thank you again so much austin for joining me on this uh, upwards of three hours adventure um i know <laughs> i know you have some jeopardy to catch up on uh, <laughs> and and some sushi leftovers to to eat so yeah. i'll try to get this podcast edited either tomorrow or next month sometime nowhere in between it's it's one or the other yeah if it's if it's not out tomorrow you can guarantee that it'll it'll be like uh released in like a month from now so sounds good i'll have to send <laughs> over those clips too that you're gonna yeah for sure in. yeah it'll definitely be a, m- a month from now then okay. <laughs> <laughs> thanks again any any other shout outs any uh other plugs Excellent. I didn't come prepared, so you know. That's... Well, neither did I, frankly. So. But that's that's kind of the that's kind of the point. That's kind of the vibe of uh this this show. Yeah. Hope hope line. you have a hope you have a good rest of your weekend and have have a good lazy Sunday, as they say. Yeah, sounds good. See you see you on the discords and around right. and around the old uh, bullpen. Yeah. See you in the bullpen. See you in the bullpen. All right. Take care. Thank All you right. so much. All right. Same to you. Ta-ta. That was my friend Austin Amberg. As as you can see, he's a very talented musician and friend and has a lot of opinions that I agree with and also don't agree with, but mostly agree with. If you want to see him, you can go to his house and hang out with him uh, as comfortable as, as he would be with, with that. But he is being pretty cautious about the whole, you know, COVID thing. So you should, you know, wear a mask, stay six feet away. You probably won't be able to go inside his house. But if you want to listen to his music, you can go to the invisiblesundial.com. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, this was a fun, good long one. So uh, I hope uh, you are still in the car and you are just a minute or less away from your destination. 
Yeah. Have a good one.